This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia, and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. All right, this is Chris Saxman on the VIP podcast. Joining me is a VIP. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, no charge. We don't <laughs> charge for that. Is uh, Delegate Wren Williams. Wren, good to have you with us this morning. Thanks for having me. Um, so you're freshman. Do you call them freshmen anymore? What I mean? Are they we, they are, do. They do. Okay. Yeah. Are you referred to as a freshman in the house? Okay. Very often. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, Wren Williams, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, academic background, professional background, and then we'll we'll get we'll chop this up a little bit more. Sure. I'm from Stewart, Virginia, which is Patrick County in Southwest Southside, Virginia, and uh, went to high school there. Moved to uh, Hampton City College for for uh, my undergrad studies and then ended up in Birmingham, Alabama at Samford University Cumberland School of Law, uh, where I was able to get my JD and my MBA. Oh. And then met my wife. That was the best okay. part. Okay. That's, Talk. That's, that's a trifecta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A JD, an MBA, and a D. Yeah. No, that's right. Dead on arrival. <laughs> right. She, uh, I talked her into moving back to my hometown and we have opened up a small law firm together that has really grown in size and we offer okay. general practice services for our community. And uh, is she an attorney as well? She is, yeah. Okay, wow. She's my law partner and she's holding down the, she's running everything right now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, that's, that's very much a part of politics these days. Anyway, this uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Virginia Cable Telecommunications Association, used to be known as that. Now it's VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free, of which I am the executive director. Um, We've been bringing in delegates, uh, candidates. Uh, we'll have a senator on, Senator Joe Morrissey on later today, and other uh, folks. But you know, Ren, you, you came on the scene with a charge because you're one of the few Republicans who challenged uh, a sitting incumbent Republican in a basically a Republican year and won, obviously. And now you're here in uh, the legislature. You you wanted to be here. What are your What are your first impressions having uh, having been here for what is that three weeks now? Yes. Yeah, so first impression is I am very glad that I'm an attorney uh, because that has really uh, decreased the learning curve. There's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of things happening. Everything is code based. And so being a lawyer has really, really helped me uh, uh, accomplish more quicker. What do you, and, and accomplish what? How, how are you able to accomplish things? Not necessarily passing bills, but also just understanding them and making substantive arguments or substantive amendments. Uh, what's what's the process for you as far as an accomplishment? Right. So, you know, looking at the bills, depending on what subcommittee I'm on and under, looking to understand them, either improve them or, you know, look for the unintended consequences uh, from them. And so a lot of my job is actually to stop bad legislation, not necessarily pass good legislation. So I find it about three quarters of my you know job here is to is to make sure bad doesn't come through. And about a quarter of my job is to make sure we're bringing good bills through. And how many of your bills that you put in uh, are you finding success with? Um, I've, I haven't been in front of that many subcommittees. The number one bill that I've already gone through education, but it's sent to appropriations is my Patrick County Hospital bill uh, that passed 22 to zero okay. out of uh, education, or excuse me, health, HWI. But obviously- For those, un for those un in, uh, unaware, that's the health, Welfare and education institutions. 
Institu institutions, yeah. health, and, welfare, and institutions. And uh, but now it's got to go through appropriations. Right, right, right. So that that is you know I'm so, nervous. So it has a fiscal impact. Right. I'm and nervous. What does the bill about do? It, what it does. You is, should be nervous about. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. What it does is it allows our local community, Patrick County, to uh, to contract for services to figure out a, the feasibility of reopening our hospital, like in Lee County. Mm -hmm. um, and so if we could, and we're asking for about $85,000 to fund that study ah, locally okay. uh, because the county just, you know, strapped all the time. Right, and, and so that, that's a, it's a fairly nominal request. Yeah, relative to healthcare, the, healthcare. yeah, relative to the budget. Yeah, it's pretty nominal. What have your uh, first conversations like been with the appropriations? They've been receptive matters? to it. Yeah, I think they're gonna help me get this through. Okay, and have you had any conversations with senators or yeah, I mean, the administration? There's, yeah, so Bill Stanley's my senator on that side. And he said, you know, whatever you need, Ren, let me know. So I understand that if I can continue to push this through the House, he'll help me carry it through the Senate. And who's the uh, chairman of Health Subcommittee in appropriations? Um, uh, on, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably your best foot forward is figuring yeah, out who this I'm talking to, uh, I was, I've been talking to Barry Knight, the appropriations oh, of course, chair. Of so hopefully the higher the higher guy will well I mean, will disseminate he, he, the information. He might forget. He yeah, might. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going there on. There is a lot going on. It, have, have you picked up on the pace? Yeah. Yeah. So What's uh, describe that for the un, uninformed? Well, What's it's it like? about 14 hour days. Uh, okay. You know, you start early and in, in, in the morning and uh, at a subcommittee, and those move very quickly. You're getting through a bunch of bills, and then you're you know you have a small break to really talk to constituents, call people back, uh, have meetings. And then we're really hitting caucus at about mid afternoon and then straight into session, depending on how long that lasts and what day it is. I might be in courts committee until 6.30 last night. And then, uh, You're you lucky. know. Yeah. You're lucky. Yeah, I know. When I first got here there though, two or three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we're trying to run that as efficient as possible. Because <laughs> Rob Bell remembers all too well what it was like to have, you know, two and three o'clock in the morning uh, committee meetings going on for the courts of justice committee, which, Again, for the uninformed, that's the or less informed. That's the that's the committee that deals with all the criminal and uh, civil legal uh, bills, and they're very very particular about their legislation in that committee. Wouldn't you say they they absolutely they fine tooth comb? Absolutely. Yesterday, um, uh, Vivian Watts, uh, Delegate Watts, she 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 changed like one word, and it was uh, the difference between the parts or any parts. And what we were trying to say was if any parts are taken that would be a violation of the law. It was very, I mean, that's- That's what it gets down to. That's nuanced right there. Well, that's what, because as you know, in the legal world, those words really matter. They do matter. And the judges you know, take you know, great consideration of that. The attorneys fight over this kind of stuff. It, it matters in our society. Um, let's, let's get to know Ren a little bit better, a little bit deeper. Uh, what are your favorite books? Favorite books? Well, um, I, I was an English major. So uh, most of my uh, favorite books are Southern short stories. Okay. Or um, you know, I did enjoy all my Shakespeare reading. Okay. Um, uh, and <laughs> this is different, but I actually have a minor in creative writing poetry. Okay. So I uh, I do enjoy that type of. Uh, well, this is why we ask these questions. Yeah. Otherwise, it, we we get so caught up in our misconceptions and our right. labels and our political identities, we don't go. And it's one that's one of the most uh, eye opening questions. Uh, when I have when I have guests on, is to, is what are the favorite books? What are the TV shows? What are they watching these days? Where do you get your media? Mm -hmm. And it, it's a, it's a doorway into someone that you otherwise walk past every day. Yeah. And I used to have on my desk uh, some Shakespeare mm. uh, when I was in the house, and from time to time would quote it on the on the house floor. And it it 
it, it wasn't there to like impress people. It right. was, it, you changed the direction of the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what Shakespeare in particular do you, did you enjoy or recall fondly? Well, you know, story of King Lear, um, that's, a, that's a tough one, but I really enjoy the Stanton uh, Theater that has the... Um, You're just trying to win my heart here? No, 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 no. I'm from Stanton. Oh, I did not realize that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know the, um, uh, the, that Shakespeare Center that yeah, the they American have. American Shakespeare there. Center. Yeah, great. I've always enjoyed going there between the Barter Theater with my mom or the Shakespeare Theater with... You in, should tell John Avoli that. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll talk to him. Because he had a big hand in that uh, in the development of that project along with the, the uh, uh, not the, the adjoining hotel, but the, the, the hotel next door, which is no longer the Stonewall Jackson Hotel. I think it's called Hotel Tomorrow That's right. or something like that. Yeah. Talk to John Avoli. He was I mayor will. at the time. I will. Yeah, because he's, he's vice chair of education. Okay. See, there little you timely go. tips here. Little timely <laughs> tips. What are your favorite TV shows, Ryan? Well, I enjoy uh, lots of uh, Yellowstone and okay. Uh, you know, some of the like I enjoyed Mad Men. I enjoyed okay. um, Breaking Bad. You know, the big the big hitters that came out. So you like the, the storylines of oh uh, yeah of the, the those. Is there a genre to that now? Because it's no longer a miniseries. It's just like a, a continual series. Yeah. Uh, they're very dramatic. Yeah. Um, and then they got their spinoffs like the the Mandalorian. Uh, okay. You know, I, I just enjoy all those sort of big hits. Well, that's like Mandalorian last week. I think it was uh, Tina, Tina Ramirez likes mm -hmm. Mandalorian with her, with her daughter. Um, other other uh, movies you like? What do you like in movies? <laughs> so uh, did you see that? So my favorite movie is Cool Runnings, which is the Jamaican bobsled team. Are you just trying to get it? Are you just trying to like uh, get on the win some serious good side? No. Jamaican? No, but uh, but did you see that they have another bobsled team coming out? They were the last team to make the the, uh, yeah. the Olympics this year. Yeah. So I'm like. Definitely have a favorite. <laughs> you got to tell Winsome that. Yeah. You should tell Winsome that. Maybe yeah. you just did. Because I sent her the uh, the article uh, about the, the Jamaican team uh, making the, I guess it's the four-man bobsled mm. in the Olympics. It might be the only event I watched this yeah, year. Right. Just to watch, because I'm not watching the Chinese Olympics. <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all. Uh, last movie you went to. Have you seen anything in the theaters lately? Most people <sighs> no, have. No. Maybe like three years ago. Let's, let's back up. What do you like? <laughs> why is Cool Runnings your favorite movie? I've always loved it when I was a young child. Okay. You know, I just liked uh, uh, the whole thought of that I mean, you know, the storyline is great, right. and then the characters are awesome. So okay. the actors did a good job in that movie. Okay, because to jump from Shakespeare, King Lear, Yellowstone, Mod, you know, uh, Mad Men, and then Cool Runnings, mm -hmm. um, is is there a similarity in all these things? Was there a tie that binds? I guess I just like good, uh, strong stories. Uh, the stories are very important. The plot, the narrative, not like I, my wife and I talk about like the story, excuse me, the series that I get bored with are the ones that focus on character to, or, you know, character development and growing the character. And it just spends a lot of time doing that. And like I like what, like which one, um, you know, like this is us. Okay. You know, so that has like a wholesome story and everything, but oh, yeah. they spend a lot of time on character development. So, you know, if I'm sitting there with my wife, I'm like, eh. I'm kind of bored, you know. Okay. Well, <laughs> so I like I like it to go ahead and move. You just you want you want the action. Yeah. Okay. That that makes 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 perfect sense. And um, legislation that you've seen this year coming in that you're interested in, not necessarily yours, but others. What bills are you paying attention to that are becoming up? Because uh, as we get closer to crossover, which is the time again for those people not uh, totally familiar with the general assembly, the crossover is 
when the bills get from the House go to the Senate and the Senate bills go to the House and, and they cross over. I think it's around February 15th or so. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have everything backed up. So you're basically inside that two week window of all the bills coming up. And the next two weeks on the floor are going to be very controversial if they get out of committee. We saw some debate yesterday on minimum wage. What bills are you looking at? Like this is these are the ones I got to be paying close attention to. Well, let me answer that by saying, you know, as a lawyer, I've always been I've always prided myself on being a creative lawyer. You know, how can I get from A to B, even if I have barriers in the way? So I have been appreciative of some of the more creative legislation that I've seen. Okay, like Amanda Batten has a um, voter ID law. Um, So I am a big proponent of election integrity. I prefer to have photo ID required. But what she did, and I thought this was very creative, she put a bill in that says, if you want to be required to show photo ID before you vote, you can register to do that. Now that seems like, what? Why would you do that? Say but it, that again. So it would allow me yeah. to, to require the Virginia Department of um, Elections, whoever's working the poll, to, I must show an ID before my ballot is handed oh, out. Oh, okay. So therefore, it, you know, it can protect so your vote. Right, and that's a great, I thought that was very good because- You protect the, your own vote. Right. Exactly. So it's a compromised bill, but you know, she's put it forward. I've also put forward a, a photo ID required law. If both, if either one of them gets forward through, you know, that is, that's one step further. In my so opinion. just progress is, yeah. progress is a good thing in that. But right? I like that creativity. That's that, something that's I wouldn't have thought That's actually a really interesting bill. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame she, uh, she was supposed to be on before you on the podcast, but had to, had to move for some other uh, legislative duties. Uh, what other bills are you, are you focused on? Um, there's a lot of gun bills that are coming through, and obviously I'm a big 2A guy. I didn't like some of the ones that uh, that created a patchwork of gun laws across the Commonwealth, that preemption uh, firearm law, which has already come out of public safety, I believe, or it came out of public safety sub one, Okay. and so it will come in front of me soon, and I, I, I appreciate that law. I'd like to... I'd like des- to describe that. So that particular law will repeal the sections that lets localities make decisions about their gun laws. And Virginia is a Dillon rule state, meaning the state legislature has all the power unless it's given to the locality. So we're asking to take that back so that we can create uniform gun laws across the Commonwealth. Has there been a growth of, of localities getting their own gun bills in? Uh, not They don't necessarily have to put their gun bills in. Mm-hmm. They're just passing local city ordinances. Oh. So I'm near Roanoke, Right. And so Roanoke City has banned firearms on their property. Well, the issue with that is Roanoke City owns a lot of property. You know, do the sidewalks count as their property? Um, the Berglund Center is a big place that used to have the uh, gun shows. They can't. Formerly known as the Roanoke Civic Center. For That's those, right. For those who used to drive through 581 in Roanoke, and now it's the Berglund Center for uh, the Berglund family, mm-hmm. auto dealers. And that was a, you know, the gun show can't be held there anymore. That was a big draw to the economic development because, uh, uh, so the city, okay. you know, has a, has a, so anyway, that is, sort of detrimental to my neck of the woods and so it's i just don't want somebody to be driving from you know scott county passing through different cities and localities and having to real like take their gun apart and separate them and put it you know to to do that because we already have to do that we have to be mindful of that when we're traveling interstate Right. Uh, you know, you like if you get all the way up to Maryland, New Jersey, New York, you're, you, you I would get imagine that's going to be receiving some um, attention. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Let's see. What's the bill number on that one? I'm not sure. Who's carrying it? Um, 
Sorry, on the spot, I don't know. That's fine. I mean, there's a lot of bills and people don't understand. And again, I don't mean to tell people that they don't know the legislatures. There's a lot of nuance. You talk about a lot mm-hmm. of the a lot of the uh, the terminology, um, and because there are so many bills, yeah, and there's probably 2,500 bills, and you're going to vote. 2,000 times mm-hmm. in the 60 days you'll be in session, and it's hard to keep up with all the numbers. Because I, I used to hate it when people would call to my office, like, I want to talk to you about House Bill 345. I'm like, mm-hmm. which one is that? They're like, it's your bill. I mean, I don't know. I have 10 bills. I mean, how, I can't keep all these numbers straight because right. I've got all these bills in committee. And we have nicknames for all the bills right. and stuff like that. That's how we keep track of them. Right. But one of the things that I think is, I, I, I don't know how to really say this, but I get a lot of phone calls and emails and they're like, support this, oppose that. And I'm like, yeah, it's still in committee on education. I can't touch it yet, you know? And so I don't really focus on those bills because I'm having to concentrate on sub and my bills and committees. How do people respond to that back home when you say, you know, look, I'll pay attention to it when it gets to me, but right now I really can't. Yeah, I think they understand. Is that that an okay uh, response? Did most people get it? I think it, I think so because like I have sent responses that basically say like I wholeheartedly support this bill. I hope that it comes to the floor so I get to vote on it because it's not going to see the light of day until it gets out of that committee. Right. And they understand that process. Okay, and uh, let's back up to the, uh, the the preemption bill. I could imagine that was going to receive a little bit of floor attention. If I would imagine it's going to come to the floor, mm-hmm. that, that I think that's a bill that Republicans would have a very difficult time voting against in mm-hmm. the, the the Public Safety Committee. Um, and how is that? How is that committee broken out now? It used to be called Militia, Police, and Public Safety. Is it just Public Safety with basically Militia and Police as subcommittees? Yeah. So I would say that Public Safety is obviously the full. And then there's sub one, sub two, okay. and there's three and four, but we're not using those right now. Okay, there's, um, a, there's a gun subcommittee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would call that sub one. Okay. That's really all the firearms. And now, are you on that subcommittee? I'm not. You're I'm on not. sub two, which is more of the police um, okay. police powers. Those are the things like what's going on in DOC, what's going on in your jails, right. how can you support your localities and your right. police officers. Okay, but, but, but imagine the preemption bill is going to get out of subcommittee, go to full committee, and go to the floor. And I think there's going to be a fairly contentious fight on the floor. Yeah, I think it will. All of those gun bills are going to be contentious. And going over to the Senate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see about the Senate. That's the thing that actually makes me nervous as a freshman, because you can have all these successes in the House, and then step over to the Senate, and they might kill it just because they want to. Well, yeah, that's that's their that's their job, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I think if I was if I would tell a freshman to do some things, one of them would be make sure you're talking to your senators early, mm-hmm. because they're really unaware of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I rarely ever talk to my own senator mm-hmm. uh, throughout session. We'd, we'd pass each other in the halls, maybe. Mm-hmm. And there was often a lot of conflict that people tried to establish between us when there wasn't any. We just didn't have any interaction mm-hmm. because we're so busy mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things that uh, people I don't think you're um, what's the word not briefed on or you know uh, orientated towards is that relationship between the House and the Senate have you noticed any senators at all what's your relationship with the Senate in your time so far well I got to have dinner with Joe Morrissey the other day so you know that not was in your district not in my district but a senator that is considered a swing vote in the okay in the senate and uh you know we got the opportunity to sit down and get to know each other um you know like i said i'd, I'd like to do that with chat peterson and linwood lewis and some of those guys but so you're making outreach to potential swing votes in the senate already very smart now, did you make the outreach or was that uh you're at dinner with and they just happened to be there oh uh we it was set up um and then uh but see i've been on his show a couple times 
So we already fighting Joe Morrissey show. Yeah, all right, it was a great show to go on. Okay, and uh, and so that I think that kind of led to me building a relationship there. And where do you think you have some opportunity to create a relationship or work together on issues? Well, he wants Petersburg Casino very badly. Does he? <laughs> it's interesting because he's coming in here next, so we'll yeah. have to bring that up. Yeah. So, uh, how do you feel about casino gambling? Well, for me, that you know, for P- Petersburg, I'm friends with Kim Taylor, and she represents that Petersburg area, and she would really like to have it. I think it would be beneficial for them, so I'm supportive of them getting that if they, you know, can can get it through. And I, Danville I'm, has one down your way. Yeah, yeah. Danville is working on one. And it's in the River River District. It's going to be right. really nice. And anything along, does Martinsville want one? I don't think so. Um, I mean, you can't put them everywhere. Right. You know, so Dan. So you do believe in a limitation of casinos? You don't yeah. believe the market should solve that problem? No, 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 no. I don't. I, you don't I don't, see that regulated? Yeah. I, I like I like having the, um, I like where the casinos have sort of spanned out mm-hmm. because I'm an hour from Danville, you know, but I'm two and a half from Bristol okay. and Bristol's going to have a totally different style of casino. Right. Uh, they're going to have more of a conference center, family-oriented gathering place. But Danville's is going to be more like a you know place to go for a nightlife type thing. So oh, okay. I like the differences in the casinos. Uh, what's the? What do you think the, the, uh, is an appropriate limitation in Virginia on the number of casinos? I'd really have to look at a map and sort of space it out by distance, you know, right. but put radiuses around it. And they're, and they're basically being focused on what I would call economically distressed regions or cities, Petersburg, Richmond, obviously defeated theirs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a casino referendum. Uh, Petersburg is going, hopefully going to go forward with the one, at least in the eyes of Petersburg, and then Danville, and then Bristol, and uh, Portsmouth. Isn't Portsmouth getting yeah, one? Norfolk. Norfolk? Yeah. So I, that's... Should we get that right, Norfolk? Yeah. I'm not as familiar with the East okay. Coast. Okay. Because um, being from the Mountain. Big issue back home? Big issue casino? casino? No. No. What do most people talk about back in your district? Uh, hospital bill. That's uh, it. In Patrick County, particularly, we don't have an ER within 30 minutes of uh, the center of town. Was that was that an issue in your uh, your nomination fight? Yes, um, it was. Like a, how much? Uh, was, it, was it a? It was. It was. the balance at all? It wasn't like. It wasn't like I'm going to work on the hospital, therefore elect me. It right. was. It was more of no one's doing anything. I can. Right. Elect me. And that so, was that was the theme of your campaign. Mm-hmm. You were upset with the incumbent, not not basically getting out and seeing the people and being seen and all that right. kind of stuff. Is that, is that fair? That's fair. Yeah. And we're working on getting traction on that bill, you know, which, you know, my my predecessor had plenty of opportunity to do something and nothing ever happened. So that's okay. the difference. That that's the market of politics. And the new district goes from where to where? Unfortunately I'm losing Franklin County. Uh, I will have more of Henry, which is nice because there were people in Henry upset that they couldn't vote for me. <laughs> and then I've so got Henry Patrick. And then I had West to um, Carroll County and Floyd County. Okay. So that's 58 and eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, you know. Nice. Well done. <laughs> Get around. Yeah. Get around. And uh, so how much of the new district, how much of the, di- uh, the, the new district is new to you? So maybe uh, 60%. New voters? No, me. I would still have those. Okay. Um, the big, the big population center is definitely Carroll County. Is it? Mm-hmm. What's the what's the pop? What's is that? Christiansburg? No. No, it's like Hillsville, Galax. Oh, down there. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So I didn't get Grayson County, which was Bill Carico's. Bill Carico's, yeah. Um, but we do well, have classmate of two thousand one. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it'll you were be. Ask, I'm sure. Yeah. 
So, um, so Carroll County now okay. is, is a big population. So it's right along the border of North Carolina and then just up f with Floyd, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, how, what's this, what's the sense in the Republican caucus right now about potentially having to redo the elections this year? My sense is uh, there's no desire to have elections this year. Not on this, not on our side or the other side uh, or the voters. Bipartisan support for no elections this year. Yeah. And the voters, I think, are exhausted and the donors are exhausted. And I think we're all, you the political know. political consultants would say otherwise. The yes. pollsters would say otherwise. That's the direct right. mail people would say otherwise. That's right. We're, but everyone else is pretty well spent. Yes. And I think that that's what the Virginia Supreme Court was trying to do in their answer because uh, they were asked to redraw the maps, but they also put some extra language in there that basically said, these maps are good for 2023. Hint, hint, you know. So I thought really? that was appropriate, yeah. Okay, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that, so that, you're an attorney, you get these. So right, that question was not in front of them, and they, they answered it for us, in my opinion. So they gave a little extra opinion. Mm -hmm. Is anyone thinking that the, the lawsuit's gonna result in elections this year for the House? So and that's if, the and if, federal. And if, why, if it's not just, would it be the House and the Senate? So that's a federal lawsuit, and, and technically if they win that, it would be for the House and the Senate, because their argument is that the new maps don't allow you to vote for your own representative, um, so you need to re-vote. But the Virginia Constitution says we're elected to two years, two-year okay. terms. So okay. it's a whole bunch of interplay. And when will that be decided? I'm not sure. Probably in several months from now. I'm sure you're paying close attention to it, though. Federal you court. have to run. Because it, it if, if it's in even a couple months, They'd have to back up the nomination fights to the end of the summer, wouldn't they? They would, yeah. And we, you know, there's a, a lot of moving pieces already with the um, congressional elections and um, uh, those types of primaries already being set up. Right. What uh, what issues are you being lobbied on the most? And I'll break this out into two parts. Uh, one, those who come by your office professionally, and those that are generated from within uh, the electronic system. What kind of email and text are you getting? Um, I'm getting a lot of, uh, so so one of the things that I got the most, which I thought was really funny, was the optometrist versus the ophthalmologist. Have you heard about this? <laughs> I hear about it all the time. I, I've heard about that the most. And, uh, and I just crack up when, when somebody comes to lobby me about it because I thought we'd be arguing over pro-life, pro-choice, mm -hmm. Second mm -hmm. Amendment. We're talking about laser eye surgery. <laughs> is it that big of a deal? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it who's was, Kate, whose bill is it's uh, Roxanne Robinson, who yeah, is okay. an optimo or who's optometrist. Okay. And so the bill would allow for optometrists to perform different type of like maybe like three different laser eye procedures that are currently only allowed to be done by ophthalmologists. So, so what? Are you, what's your opinion on that? So I've I've thought about it a lot, and so I guess I'll have to go on record that I am supporting of the, um, the optometrist's side, Roxanne's bill, because um, it would offer more, it would offer more um, services in my community. Okay. Um, we don't have, we do have one optometrist. Because you're trying to get a hospital, you're trying to get more services, and that would make sense right. logically to say, look, right. we're in a relatively distressed area when it comes to healthcare services, mm -hmm. under, underserved, if you will, mm -hmm. parts of the state. Does that does that also extend out to the controversial COPN laws as well? You want more, you want to do, get rid of that as well? Don't get me started on COPN. Well, here we uh, are, we've already started. <laughs> I, uh, it, that is, a, I mean, so many years worth of, uh, 
of study and discussion and all that good stuff just to get an approval for something that could have helped us two years ago. Right. You know, I think about the um, NICU center in Salem that David Suderline, Senator Suderline was able to push through. But he's been working on that for a long time. So I think there are some regulations that are in, in our way that I would prefer not. So you wouldn't way. get rid of the entire uh, structure to COPM, but just uh, streamline the process, mm-hmm. deregulate to a degree, to, to, right. so decisions and capital can start get to, to get moving. That's right. I mean, you know, we're a county of sixteen thousand people. Why are we treated the same way as you know some place that has millions of folks? and have to decide on the need for that area. Okay. You know, I can't argue, or I have to argue that our need is very, very great right now. Right. And for regulations to stand in the way of, you know, people getting life-saving medical procedures is very frustrating. Right, so healthcare is obviously a big deal in, mm-hmm. in, your, in your district. Where do you stand on Medicaid expansion? So Medicaid expansion came through and was very beneficial for my community. I think that 50% of my community qualified for Medicaid expansion, uh, it was something that uh, Southwest and Southside Virginia um, benefited from. Honestly, you know, I think Terry Kilgore was one of the ones. Mm-hmm. You know, his 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 whole region is very much like my region. We're just on the other side of the mountain. Yeah. So you you would you would not support a repeal of the expansion efforts that happened? No, not before. this time. I've talked about the federal government's insurance program, and it's so frustrating that <laughs> I've said it's so messed up that we have to take what we have right now. Right. So, um, Obviously, there's an opportunity for Republicans to dust off the conservative reforms that were made to the Medicaid program that Ralph Northam threw in the dustbin after the Democrats won the election in 2019. Has there been any movement to uh, resurrect those, those reforms? I have not seen anything like that. Okay. And where do you stand on uh, temporary repeal of the gas tax? Oh, I'm favor. I'm in favor of that. Why is that? Uh, your I, eyes lit up on that one. You, yeah, you well, I, you got a little Christmas card in your eyes with that one. I have a lot of truckers. You know, okay. I have a lot of loggers. I've got a lot of diesel equipment. I've got a lot of just. We use a lot of fuel down in my area, and so if we could get a reprieve and uh, be able to save some of that cash, that would be amazing for my just, community. Just a little bit of inflation push there, mm-hmm. just so that we can get over this hump that we're obviously going to face for maybe the next two or three years. Ren, it's been great having you here. Let's uh, finish up on more of a personal note, getting back to where you get your information, media sources. What the, what, what, what's the best way to, to, to get influence to Ren Williams? Where, where are you getting your information from? Well, the, as far as like contacting me directly, you can come straight. No, 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 not that way. I mean, what, what do you listen to? Yeah. Where do you get your information? Well, I always check VPATH in the morning. Okay. And then I um, I like to follow Brandon Jarvis's Virginia Scope. Okay. Um, I think he does a good job pre- pre- presenting. Are you sort a subscriber? Of the, yeah. Okay. Sort of the daily. Yeah. Um, the daily updates. Okay. And then I like to read the Cardinal News. Okay. You like Dwight Hansen. Mm-hmm. Dwayne? Dwight. Dwayne. Dwayne. He's mm-hmm. he is good. He's got some good stuff going. Well, he's just nice to get Southwest Virginia focused news you know, versus uh, getting a, right. a Richmond Times Dispatch sure, sure, syndicate. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, last question, because it, uh, uh, Yancey did pick up on this in his Cardinal. What about the uh, possible Washington football stadium? Yeah, so uh, my friends in Richmond who are diehard Washington uh, football team members are very excited about that potential. And honestly, I think it would be cool. Okay. Yeah, we'll I don't know that. what the terms are or what we're planning to do with it. But I mean, if we can land an NFL team, that's pretty good. 
uh, put a good feather in the cap for the Commonwealth, mm -hmm. potentially, as, yeah. as, we, as you noted. We'll see what the terms say. Ren Williams, delegate from Stewart, Virginia. Thanks for joining us here on the VIP podcast. Congratulations. You're a VIP. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Thanks for coming on.